This intersection is one of the, you know, one of the busier parts of St. Louis City. For different perspectives and points of view to be welcomed into these spaces and then to come in and, you know, be consumed by other folks who might not have otherwise is a big deal because we have a more whole understanding of what's happening in St. Louis. That's artist Javen Solomon. I'm Jeremy Goodman, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. Earlier this year, when it became unsafe to gather in public with other humans, a lot of theater companies quickly pivoted to the internet. St. Louis Shakespeare Festival did a bunch of stuff online in the spring, and, and after it became apparent they wouldn't be able to perform in the park this summer, they put together something you could at least do in person, which was a walking tour with a series of stations you could go through. Uh, actors, musicians, dancers, acted out scenes from the play, sang a song, that sort of thing. It also included artwork by folks associated with Painted Black STL. That's a group that got together initially to paint on the boarded up windows downtown this spring and summer. St. Louis Shakespeare Festival and Painted Black STL have teamed up for another collaboration in the Central West End. It's a walking tour of storefronts that have been designed to represent scenes from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's called A Walking Xmas Carol. And almost all the artists participating are people of color. Most of them are black. For the full experience, you're supposed to listen to the hip-hop adaptation of A Christmas Carol by Q Brothers, a Chicago-based group who have worked with the Shakespeare Festival before. I spoke with participating artist Javen Solomon and Tom Ridgely, producing artistic director of St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. Let's start with Tom. I began asking him about his organization's pivot to online stuff during the pandemic and how they found a way to get off the screen and, and into the streets. Well, we did an enormous amount at the very beginning. I think we premiered 65 new pieces of online content in the first 90 days of the shutdown. So it was things like the, the, the recording of Cymbeline, the mock trial of Hamlet that we presented with real jurors and judges and attorneys and uh, an adaptation of Venus and Adonis, which Shakespeare wrote during plague times. Okay, so you did make yourself at home with this sort of video way of doing things. Yeah, well, at the very beginning, that's what the only thing we could do. Um, and, and it's the only way people were consuming anything. Uh, you know, as, but as time wore on and as, you know, the lockdown lasted longer and longer, we just realized that, you know, people needed something to do and not just something to watch. And, you know, I think a lot of us tend to get out of our apartments and, or homes in one way or the other just to take a walk or, you know, to get some fresh air at some point. So that's how we sort of happened upon this idea of, of a walking experience. Um, so this isn't a, you know, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol on stage in any traditional sense, but how did, we, how did Shakespeare St. Louis get in the business of Christmas Carol-related stuff? How did, how, did, how did we get here? Well, the festival's never done any sort of holiday program before, but as we looked ahead to the winter and the season, we just knew it was gonna be a long, hard road. The days get shorter, we're all cooped up. Uh, so many of the traditions, the 
shows, the gatherings, the celebrations that that you know that make this time of year special aren't going to be possible this year. And so we just thought we had to figure out some way to bring a little light into people's lives and to give them something safe outdoors to do that didn't involve more time in front of a screen. Tell me about how how did you land on how did you conceptualize a walking Xmas store? Well, we knew we wanted to do something outside again and something spread out so that it could be as safe as possible. And we started thinking about what sort of holiday traditions that we are used to doing would be safe in 2020. And the only thing we could think of was the old tradition of of taking in the holiday windows when you would just sort of walk around downtown or or Michigan Ave in Chicago or Fifth Ave in New York and and just take in the holiday windows. So uh, that was an outdoor walking experience that that is uh, that people love to do and is a great way to to celebrate and, and take in the sights. And so obviously because of COVID, a lot of businesses are closed. There's a lot of vacant storefronts. And we thought, well, you know, rather than having those sit empty during uh, that time of year, we can we can do something with them that's really beautiful and turn them into art. So we partnered with the Central West End and found a way to work with the businesses that were closed and, and some that were open to create a sort of 21-stop version of A Christmas Carol. So t- tell me what the experience is like for someone who, who does this walk. What, what happens? Well, so you show up and there's a first window and you scan a QR code and you listen to the opening number of a Q Brothers Christmas Carol. And so you move through the story that way and there's a little audio guide that sort of walks you through it. And, and then each installation has uh, you know, information about the artist and sort of how, the, how they interpreted that moment, but also there's the window itself, which is really beautiful and really interesting. So you sort of wind your way through the central west end, starting at the intersection of Maryland and Euclid and ending at the chase at the, at the end of King's Highway there. That's Tom Ridgely of St. Louis Shakespeare Festival talking about a walking Xmas carol. And a big piece of this experience is the humorous adaptation of the Dickens story by Q Brothers. And that's been a big holiday favorite for them every year in Chicago for the past number of years. I have demo versions of the songs, so here's here's a little taste of it. Wake him up, wake him up, wake him up! Get out of bed, we're leaving in a flash! Okay, now it's time for our short break. We will be back with my conversation with artist Jaden Solomon about a walking Xmas carol right after this. Slinging Christmas cheer, that be my biz. I do this every year. Y'all know who it is. It's Lil Tim. Decorating the tree. Martha, Mama, Decom, decorating with me. See, I'm so sick. Sick, I mean fly. No, seriously, really sick. Like, I mean, I might die if I do. 
Hey, welcome back to Cut and Paste. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, and we are talking about A Walking Xmas Carol. That's a multimedia art experience in the Central West End. Several organizations collaborated to put it together. Folks at St. Louis Shakespeare Festival came up with the idea. They brought in Painted Black STL. That's the group that came together earlier this year to paint murals on many of the plywood sheets covering windows downtown. The Central West End Neighborhood Association is involved too. You can check out A Walking Xmas Carol in Central West End from November 28th to December 23rd. Now let's talk to one of the artists who worked on this. Javen Solomon is a co-founder of Painted Black STL. He put together two windows that illustrate scenes from A Christmas Carol. This is different from the work he's been doing around town the past several months. So I asked him what about this was a challenge or just different from what he's done before. The main thing that we were have been reminded of in these spaces is to remember to think spatially as well. Uh, a lot of us are very capable in the in the realm of you know mural creation and painting and so on and so forth. 2D, you know, pieces and works and the a, a challenge we have for this a lot of us anyway is you know moving things into a, into a 3d sort of space uh to really literally and metaphorically paint a scene and create this mm. you know semi-immersive scene you know that that comes out differently that is interpreted differently by all of us so a few of us are a little bit more literal and you know those of us otherwise are a little bit more abstracted, but that's that's where all the work is is stemming from. What scene did you get? I got two scenes. The first scene is shortly after the ghost of Christmas present reveals themselves to Scrooge and takes him by takes Scrooge by Bob Cratchit's house to essentially see how he's spending his Christmas with his family. And, you know, we all know the character Tiny Tim. This is where, or this is at least one of the scenes where Tiny Tim is featured in a big way. Mm. Uh, and the second display that I have is where the Ghost of Christmas Present takes Scrooge by his nephew's, I think it's just a party, his, ne his nephew's like holiday party or something, and they're all playing games and... Scrooge is missing out. You know, he feels like he's missed out on the the fun all these years, so he's sort of remorseful. Can sure. we talk about at least one of the windows? Maybe could you take me through what you did? Absolutely. So <laughs> my favorite one that I'm doing is the the first narrative, which is the the Bob Cratchit Christmas, Christmas dinner, dinner with with the family. A big essence that I took away from it was we might not be rich in this way, right, in the Scrooge way. And sure, maybe Scrooge is wronging us, but we, you know, we don't need all of this, you know, fancy pants, whatever, or, you know, even that much money to still be rich. And, and what we are rich in is what Scrooge is actually absent in so bless him anyway and what we are rich in is love and family and loyalty if you want to throw that in there and just like contentness uh, with each other uh, and we're not going to let this other stuff get to us too much right so the way I've interpreted that visually as well as in terms of materials I'm actually using mostly 
uh, found materials. So, you know, i.e. things that would have been thrown away or recycled otherwise. So plastic bottles, glass bottles, different types of containers, boxes, etc. And I'm actually painting over them uh, and creating a new scene as to show that, you know, What's the old saying? Uh, you know, one person's trash is the other one's treasure. That's really what this is, and that, you know, this might not be some glamorous item, but it can be, we can flip this and purpose it into something that really is beautiful, and people perceive it as trash. Uh, and there'll be some lighting in, incorporated in there. There's a glowing heart that I'm gonna try and get in there somehow to really just exemplify to to love what it is that you have to work with. You know, there's there's no shame in the life that you live as long as you're being decent. You know, a, a being a decent person, and we don't have to, you know, break our necks to to find happiness in something that find happiness in things that we never had, but realize that it's it's what we do have that that can and typically does make us happy and that's you know our relationships our our you know if you want to call it community if you want to call it family friendship all of that stuff and that's something that's harder to come by lately isn't it i know that's right <laughs> <laughs> and javen when you another piece of this is when we look at how christmas is often represented in american mass media uh mm -hmm. the, the films that we see every year uh the term white Christmas is very apt, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, a yeah. really valuable piece of this is taking something by Charles Dickens that is as canonical, really, as it gets in terms of talking about Christmas in this country mm -hmm. and getting a, just getting a view on it from, from artists of color. Right. Artists of color doing that in general, as well as, uh, you know, black artists, if we're going to get specific, is paramount to our culture uh both in st louis right so locally as well as nationally so for black artists in st louis who i know um you know in a lot of ways from personal experience just don't have the typically you know a large or you know significant or whatever platform to to be able to communicate things on and now you know they're in the central west end where you know central west end this intersection is one of the you know one of the busier parts of st louis city sure and it's you know for for different perspectives and points of view to to be welcomed into these spaces and then to come in and you know uh, be be consumed by other folks who might not have otherwise is a big deal because we I mean we have a whole we have a more whole understanding of first and foremost what's happening in St. Louis right I mean it's it's a huge deal to to be able to spread that information to folks and uh you know for them to then interpret it and understand and receive all of this information because maybe that then expands them or inspires them to do something else and talk to someone else that they might not have otherwise. There's no one group, and to get a little bit more specific, black people are not a monolith, nor are black artists. In, in through, even through the artists that we've worked with thus far, there has been so much diversity in 
um, people's backgrounds, people that we've worked with, people's backgrounds, people's styles, preferences, uh, you know, mental states, beliefs, etc. And it's it's for us, it makes it that much more important. Us being painted black makes it that much more important to not have too much say in, you know, a, a, a policy unofficially that we have is not to speak too much on what an artist wants to create. Even so, somebody's strolling around in the Central West End. They see your window. They, they see your windows. They see the other ones. What do you want someone to, to get from? What kind of experience do you want them to have? What kind of thought do you want to go through their head? Honestly, the first thing I want folks to realize and sort of notice is, wow, he made all this with like boxes and trash. Mm. Because I'm I'm also pretty big into stewardship, conservation, and you know environmentalist things, as it were, the environment. I don't know. I, I sort of compound things that <laughs> that I care about into the, the work that I do. So it's always a layered thing. But first and foremost, obviously, you know, this is really beautiful. Second, I can't believe this is made with trash and stuff like that uh, that I would have thrown away. I wonder, can I do this? And the answer is yes. That was artist Javen Solomon. We also heard from Tom Ridgely, producing artistic director at St. Louis Shakespeare Festival. I am Jeremy Goodwin, and this has been Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. It is produced with help from our executive editor, Shula Newman. Our intro and outro music is by Eric Hall. You also heard some demos by Q Brothers. Uh, And that'll do it. Uh, You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts.